On this episode of the Halloween 365 podcast, lock up your inanimate objects and stay away from those ancient tombs because we're talking cursed objects. It's coming. Leave me alone. He doesn't believe it. Don't you know what happens on Halloween? Yeah, we can. <laughs> Welcome back to the Halloween 365 podcast. Where it is the only podcast that is horror 24-7 and Halloween 365, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, and if you are a first-time listener, I am one of your hosts, Justin, and the other host joining me today is Jeremy. Uh, Chad's normally with us, but he's got the old Coburn curse, so... Don't ever come around here, people. He will not be attending. <laughs> so, here we are, uh, I believe, 18 days until Halloween. It is Friday, October 14th, and we are getting, oh, so close to the best time of the year. And... Uh, I don't know. It feels like it's going by too fast. Uh, it definitely feels like it's going by way too fast. And uh, that's, I don't know. It's upsetting. I've not been able to enjoy this month at all. And I'm hoping to change that tomorrow with Halloween coming out. I can't wait. Uh, that was going to be my next question. Have you gotten to do anything spooky this so far this season? No. I have not. Um, tomorrow will be the first spooky thing that I do. Um, and I do have plans to go to a haunted house next weekend. So, that will, yeah, I've, I've got some things lined up. Okay, okay. I, we went to a, um, a uh, corn maze last weekend. And I have to say, to my knowledge, it's the first corn maze that I've walked through in a long time if ever unless i've walked through a corn maze with you an actual one where you pay to get in mm -hmm. yeah i don't I'm think that sure we have we right no, i don't think that i've ever paid to be in a corn maze with you <laughs> mm. I, um, anyway, I, I don't know i don't know Maybe. i don't know but besides the fact it so it was perfect. It was the past this past Saturday. Temperature didn't get any higher than like 55, 54, something like that in the middle of the day. The leaves were turning, everything was orange, and I don't know, like we pulled up and like they've got uh the kettle corn that they're making. They were actually smoking barbecue and stuff too. We got a soft pretzel and uh we started walking through the corn maze and it didn't hit me until I started walking through the corn maze. But we got away from like all the noise because there's you know people everywhere. Um, once you get in the corn maze, because it's like four miles if you do the entire thing, which we did. Um, but I started hearing the wind on the corn, 
the and it's moving by itself and you it sounds like somebody's coming through the corn even though nobody is and then we were there in the afternoon so the moon was starting to come up uh you could smell the smells in the air and the fall leaves and hello cat um uh it was the best fall feeling that i have had in years i have to say i it's the first time in years that i felt like uh, a kid again for halloween i don't know what it was and then <laughs> halfway through the corn maze i started to myself doing the oh <laughs> you get children in the corn uh, i did and then whenever we saw somebody i went malaka <laughs> uh it was i have to say i'm so i'm usually like a haunted house type of person but the corn maze is something to not be slept on it's not just for families or children it made me feel halloween magic again and even carving jack-o'-lanterns hasn't been doing that to me uh the past i don't know eight years something like that maybe 10 who knows um but uh i want to go back to another one um there's also a renaissance festival coming up that i want to shoot over to in the middle of the fall there's there's lots of stuff going on out there everybody so if you're only a haunted house person go and you've never been to a corn maze go check it out it's cool soft pretzel the kettle corn was bomb as shit some places are even making donuts some places have hot chocolate and cider and stuff that they're making it for me as an adult it took me to the feeling of being a child again um i was giddy to say the least so so let me ask you then um as far as like did did that person hear you when you said malachi because uh if if they did they didn't respond (laughs) i was gonna say dude if they if they turned around and looked at you you should have been like he wants you too malachi and just walked off into the corner (laughs) i went he who walks among the (laughs) road but oh no ever when you're in those like i was whenever i hear somebody coming i was like grabbing her hand i was grabbing my girlfriend's hand i was like let's go hurry up I'm going to get away from him. I wanted to be in the corn maze with just us. Like, it's not fun to me to, you know, have somebody right behind me. And I feel the same way in a haunted house too, though. Uh, I know that you're supposed to go in in groups, but I think that takes the terror out of it. Um, some people say it makes it, it scarier. It can do either one. Um, a couple years back, uh, where did you, did you go with us? We went to, um, up at the fairgrounds and they had uh i guess the college people had put yeah, together yeah, something. yeah 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 okay up there yeah now, yeah that was i mean so to me that was fun like even though we were in a group together i was like you know i thought it was fun but I mean, sometimes it, fun, it is but it is sometimes don't give them a little too bit much better credit. come on oh no it was you know it like I, oh dude no I know, bullshit they had one okay we're no 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 no, I mean, support your small local haunts, because we, as a podcast, me, Jeremy, and Chad, uh, we ran one in our youngest years, probably one of the most horrible uh, haunted houses now in retrospect, seeing how much 
stuff people put into actual haunted houses. Ours was minuscule compared to uh, what the other ones are, but we ran one for like three years, something like that. So uh, support your small local haunts, but I don't know. I very rarely get scared by a haunted house anymore, and I damn sure I'm not going to get scared by one that was put on by the baseball team for a fundraiser. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with their no, dollar the store cool masks part, don't the, the only cool part that i have to say about that is they did they had access to a school bus and they had a jeepers creepers person on the bus so i was like that's that's pretty uh, cool. that was the only thing that they had going for them. yeah so yes everybody you've only got two three weeks left two and a half weeks Get yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. Halloween's on a Monday. You ha- We're not going to be able to do your normal thing on a Monday unless you just ain't got shit to do on Mondays and you guys are going to do a party. But everything's going to be happening over the weekend. Time is running out. And then we're going straight into the holidays. So now's the time. If you've been waiting, oh, I'll get to it. Now's the time. Go get the pumpkin. Go get the cider. Go get the beer. Go to the corn maze. Go to the haunted house. Whatever it is you do, now's the time. Now, speaking of now is the time, this episode is, as stated at the beginning, our Cursed Objects episode on our, uh, well, I guess it's we're still doing our countdown to Halloween, uh, but our spookiest episodes, ones that we've been planning out uh, since summertime, and we've fallen on the Spooky Objects episode this go-around. So we wanted to go over not just your typical spooky objects, not the ones that you see on Ghost Adventures, <laughs> like you, Zach Bagans, uh, but it's going to be ones throughout history. Uh, some that you might have heard, some that you might have not, and there's going to be some spooky stories to go along with them and why you should stay away from these potentially cursed objects um i'm kind of excited about this one this was one that i was pumped for whenever we first mentioned it but before i unleash jeremy and his cursed objects i think that it's time for <laughs> that is right, my co-host. It is time for It Came From Reddit. For anybody who has not heard the podcast, this is your first time. It Came From Reddit is our short segment where we dive into Reddit and find a ghost story told by one of the users. And we judge if we think that this was real, if this was fake, or if it was full of shit. Now, if you have heard any of our other It Came From Reddit stories, they always end up being something crazy. And we're never going to let Queen Jelly Roll die. And the stoner janitors <laughs> that are up there having fishbowl parties when the school's closed. Not letting that one go. It's going to be an inside joke for the pod for years to come. But, oh, thank you, Queen since Jelly we're getting Roll. close... Yes, thank you, Queen Jelly Roll. Uh, but, since we are getting closer to Halloween, I feel like that it's only necessary for our It Came From Reddit stories to get a little bit more spooky the closer we are getting. So without further ado, this Reddit post is by an unknown user. So it's an anonymous drop or they just haven't put in a username that I can see. Um, And they have titled it the unrest stop. 
So it goes. Okay. I was dropped. I was driving across the country with my mom and sister whenever I was 16, and my sister was 20. It was late, but we were all needing to be well-rested and still alert because the night was... Excuse me, because it was getting darker and further into the nighttime. Uh, We were driving along the interstate and needed gas and a bathroom break, so we stopped at the only rest stop within the past 200 miles. There was a van full of teenagers on a road trip at the gas station, as well as a small gray car parked at the pump in front of us, with two young men standing outside of it. Well, whenever we pulled up and we got there, everything felt wrong. As soon as we pulled up, something just fell off. Although there weren't many people and there were only a couple of cars, something felt off about stopping here at this gas station at this time of the night. We'd been on the road for days and seen many rest stops at night and had never been afraid until then. My mom and sister went inside and I stayed in the car. I heard the teenagers say that they were creeped out and couldn't get the pump to work. And they left in a hurry as soon as they couldn't get the pump to work, which seemed odd to me at the time, but I didn't really uh, put much thought into it. I was watching the car in front of us and the two men had not moved at all. The two men standing in front of the gray car hadn't moved an inch. They weren't talking. They weren't on phones. They were just standing there, still as a stone. My sister and my mom came running back out to the car, and when they got in, the two men slowly turned and looked at us. While not moving or pivoting, just turning their head, leaving their bodies in place, and stared at us almost simultaneously. He says, and I quote, I swear to fucking shit, we all saw the exact same thing. My mom, my sister, and I, their bodies stood still, and their heads just slowly followed and stared at us as they didn't move an inch. They had eyes dark and as pitch black as the night sky. It seemed truly empty, and we couldn't see these eyes just pulling up and seeing them standing there because they weren't looking at us. Now that they were turned straight toward us, we could see that it was not black eyes. It wasn't reflecting any light at all. It was almost like a void where no light could escape from. So we jumped in the car and we sped out and we didn't stop until the next city. The worst thing about the entire experience is that we couldn't find the place on any map whenever we finally got to our destination. We knew exactly which spot on the interstate that we took and we couldn't find it on Google Maps or any paper map that we could find. We even asked the locals about the creepy gas station out that stretch of the road and got confused looks. We've traveled on the interstate since, and there is no rest stop in that spot. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I want to believe. Um... <laughs> This reminds me of, uh, this reminds me of so weird, like they're on the tour bus and they would see something like this and this would be a whole episode, you know what I mean? And it'd be unresolved if anybody ever watched so weird out there. Yeah. Exact same setup. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I, do I believe things like this can happen? Yes. A hundred percent. Um, the way that the story was told, 
it might have been told a little too well. You know what I mean? So, like, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I will go out of my way and say, um, you know, maybe maybe this did happen. I don't know if I can give a yes or a no to this one. I'm going to say, yeah, it, it definitely could have happened. I, I 100% believe it could have happened. I just wish he would have gave the location in the story. That's what I'm wondering. Where was this at? Well, apparently it didn't exist, remember? So what would the location what? matter? The general area where he was. He didn't mention that. So what are we going to do? Look for... Uh, there's no gas station <laughs> here! Like... So, okay, I think it's possible. Um, what if it's... Okay, so we're in the southern part of Virginia. What if it's one of those old gas pumps? You know what I'm talking about? Where you have to... The lever, and it's just like yeah, a, yeah. an old two-pump gas station that still just happens to be running. You know, it's they possible. still make your your sandwiches inside the deli meat and stuff there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. No, it, I mean... The I reason I'm saying if it's it, possible. The reason I'm saying that it uh, could be that is, you know, that might not be on a, a map anymore because they might just assume that it's going to be run down. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. Everything's on GPS, you know, as long as... Google can drive by it with their little car. Right. And that's it. You know, this makes me think of that one story that people, some people say it's true. Some people say it's not. It's like, what was it? Ashley, Kansas or someplace like that. Um, if you look up the records, apparently it doesn't exist. And you know, that town, like dead kids mm -hmm. came out and it makes me think of that. And like, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, was this place real? Did it really exist? Or was this a time where our dimensions crossed over with something else, like another dimension? Or what if it was just a haunted we, spot we spoke on the highway? On, we spoke on the uh, Ashley, Kansas thing uh, on the last episode. <laughs> the Ghost Towns episode, the bonus one that we had to record. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, I don't know. So I'm going to say it seems a little too R.L. Stein-ish. Um, I don't think that the gas station is not there. I think that they're full of shit on that. I will put some faith into the fact that maybe there were two dudes that were really creepy there. It's quite possible. And he did state that it wasn't just the um, the three of them in the car that saw it. There was a group of teenagers that were there and left as well. So let me ask you this, then. Do you think that this is kind of like a situation like in It, whenever uh, Beverly Marsh comes back as an adult and goes into her home that she grew up in, and then she leaves, yeah, and maybe. it's all boarded maybe. up? Yeah, yeah, maybe that's the reason that the pump wasn't working for those other teenagers that they saw, uh, because there's no gas there. Because the gas station really is run down, and it's exactly. not operational, but whenever they all pulled up in the middle of the night, it looked lit up. It looked like it was functioning. I was wondering, did, did they have the most recent Mountain Dew in there? Like, what were the inside freezers like? Nobody <laughs> said what the candy selection was or anything like that. 
was it just like cobwebs? Was there nothing on the shelf? I don't understand. Are we talking like um, uh, Kroger gas station where it's just got the little booth, or do you have a selection of ghost treats? And that's part of what makes me think that, I mean, yeah, something like this can happen, but did it because there's no more insight. Like, there's not much more insight to everything else. So. Well, I mean, uh, if anybody wants to go back, if any of the listeners out there want to go back, we did have a uh, a road trip episode where we talk about things like this. Uh, lots of weird things happen on road trips. And the thing about it is, is that nobody is able to experience it with you unless they're in the car. So it's just, you know, their word. And if that's not enough, then you're, you're crazy. You're cuckoo. It doesn't, uh, it never happened. Yeah. But best place to post it is Reddit. So we can find it. Yeah. And we can exactly. display it on here. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, continue looking. Um, uh, but that was a, good post from an unknown user so that was this week's and now that brings us to our main topic of the day which is going to be cursed objects uh like i said this one i've been looking forward to I want to preface this entire thing by saying that uh, we all know about the cursed objects that you have seen on Travel Channel, um, like the uh, Annabelle doll or uh, the Dybbuk box. You even have some people on other platforms like TikTok and stuff that are out there sp- searching for cursed objects because they want these things in their house. There's people that actively go out and look for them so that they can have them in the house. And So let's, real quick, before we dive into anything, just personal opinion here. I don't, if ghosts are 100% real, right? If ghosts are real, no matter any other circumstance where you happen to find that out, do you really want several different spirits from different eras that have been through different stuff that could be stronger than each other or feed off each other or you want them all in the same roof because that's what it seems like that people do whenever they go out and get these cursed objects just bring them in yeah you know exactly what do you think a piece of fucking plexiglass is gonna keep out whatever it is like no man that no the shit's haunted there shouldn't be more than one haunted item in the same place. There shouldn't be no museum for it. No, no, it's not. It's not a good idea. Yeah. Well, with with so and that even listen, I'm not excluding the Warrens from this either. I'm not because if you heard our Warren episode, then you know damn well that I'm not excluding the Warrens from this because this is making money. Uh, obviously, they didn't do a museum to begin with. The Warrens didn't start out by doing a museum. But I think, in my personal opinion, that they had a plan to. How much of the shit that's in the Warrens Museum, which is now closed, by the way, but how much of the shit that's in there do you really think is even real? Because one of the things that they had was a vampire coffin. Because apparently one of their cases, they hunted a vampire. See? And, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, man. If there's anybody that is a firm believer of vampires, it's me. But are you 
really you've got a fucking coffin what is this scooby i'm serious oh yeah no uh, uh, yeah exactly he's fred and she was uh, <laughs> uh, uh daphne yeah daphne and velma her name was really judith penny which happened to oh, be yeah, the no. woman that he allegedly took to school on the school bus uh, but my point to bringing this up is is God that damn. these museums, I just really, <laughs> I just really want to know how much of the stuff in there is fake, how much of it's bullshit. Uh, you can see videos of cursed objects that are doing stuff like that. That crazy video with the um, the ventriloquist dummy's head, the one from World War Two. Have you ever seen that? Mm, I don't think I have. So, uh, a World War II soldier made him to entertain the other soldiers while they were, you know, at base and stuff whenever they weren't at war. And the only thing that survived from the mummy is the head, and it's now in a museum in a glass case. Not like a haunted museum, it was just in a museum in a glass case. And the security cameras have a video of, because you can see the cords hanging out of his neck, and it's just his head on, like, on a thing inside of a and inside of a case and then all of a sudden yeah. you see the eyes move on it on the security camera and you can see its mouth move and you see the cords that operate all of that underneath it moving when it's doing this stuff so there's videos of cursed objects that are for all intents and purposes uh actually cursed but how much of it's not cursed Everything in Zach Bagan's museum is not, but <laughs> how much of the stuff I, well, that we're going to talk about? I don't what? like to give him credit. Hold on. I don't like to give him credit, but there is probably maybe at least one thing he has that's actually legit. What are the odds of everything being fake? I know he's full of shit, but. So, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. That's a bold statement on my end, I guess. <laughs> it could be a couple of objects in there, but whenever he did his show, he had people coming in and selling him. It was like pawn stars with fucking cursed objects. And I just don't okay, believe so it. Just the so same as I don't believe the half probably shit. Fake. Right. Right, right, and then there's a command center inside of the museum where he's got cameras and stuff and two-way mirrors and shit like that, and there was too many buttons for him to just be working cameras. He's got that fucking place rigged up. And it's in Vegas, too, so that's another thing. Anyways. Okay, you got me. I just think that, um, like, I don't know, it's for money, but how much of it is for money? We have two of the best ghost hunters, most pro prolific ghost hunters in history that are allegedly quoted saying that money is the real God. And they were supposed to be Catholics that cast demons out of people and got the poltergeist out of your house. So if they think that money's the real God, uh, you know, how much of it's haunted? Right. No, I mean, it, do, it does make you wonder. Um, mm -hmm. But I feel like the things that we picked out for tonight's episode, there's no way around it. There's one in particular that I really can't wait to talk about because 
There's no way around. Go ahead and lead us off then. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Like. Oh. Oh, nope. Sorry. Sorry. We ain't there yet. That was my fault. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah. Lead us, lead us into it. Give us our first haunted object. Okay. So the first one that to me, this one is the most fascinating. And this is more than Robert the doll. This is more than any type of divot box. It's the Hope Diamond. So, you know, it's one of the most famous diamonds. Is it the one that Rose was wearing? Yeah, yeah. Same one. So. Okay. Excuse me. Um, And this was actually on the fucking Titanic. This thing was on the Titanic. So, it's one of the most famous diamonds in the world. Um, It originated in the. Who recovered it? James Cameron? Huh? What? I said, who recovered it? James Cameron? Oh, no, I think so. Uh, there really was somebody that left off the, um, off the Titanic with, with it. it. Oh. Like, yeah. Ain't that a bitch. That's, they're like, ah, no, my family's drowning, but I'm making sure I get this big goddamn diamond. Well, I mean, it was a bunch of rich assholes back then, so, I mean, it was, you know, it was mined in, um, Andra, uh, Pradesh, India. So, according to legend, uh, the stone is cursed and um, brings misfortune to anyone that owns it. Uh, The curse is said to have um, come with about when the original diamond was stolen from the eye of a statue. Okay, so that's something I didn't know. Um, Let's see. The thief that stole it. it It was the eye of a statue? Yeah, yeah. So that's what it's saying. It doesn't tell me which statue. Um, the the person that stole it, uh, it said, meant um, a misfortune for all who possessed the diamond, or kickstarting a pattern of a misfortune for all who possessed it. It says it doesn't tell me what end he made, but it was apparently a grizzly end. Um, owners over the years that have owned the Hope Diamond have been uh, befallen fates, including uh, death by murder execution suicide bankruptcy uh and imprisonment and now it's in the smithsonian it's been there since 1958 um it's estimated to be worth around Mm. 200 to 250 million dollars it's a big ass diamond first of all (laughs) if everybody's seen it uh, the real one kind of looks like the one that they've got on the movie on titanic but i did find the answer to our question uh, is, and this, what I'm about to say is the statue that it belonged to, but this could have something to do with its curse. Um, so it was reputedly used to adorn the forehead or the third eye of a statue of the Hindu goddess Sita. Okay. Okay. And, um, so I do apologize Forgive me. It's a good thing I decided to look a little bit more in depth. I thought I had all my research. So this actually wasn't on the Titanic. So that's that's my bad. I didn't think so. Something was fucking okay. up with this. <laughs> but no, uh, so Jesus I guess the Christ last person... Uh, Thanks Evelyn for watching, McLean. everybody. Have a good night. Hey, hold on, hold on. No, that's why I corrected it, because I don't want nobody calling us out, because that's what we're here for. Um, so the mm-hmm. last person, I guess, that... Uh, Miss Evelyn McLean 
um, who didn't even set sail on the infamous ship. She died in 1947, and it was sold off. Uh, it was sold to pay off her debts. So she was apparently in debt, and that's yeah. So she died randomly too. So so pretty much though, even though it wasn't on the Titanic, anybody that has owned this fucking diamond, which is estimated to what be they think uh, 1.1 billion or million years old. Uh, yeah, it's actually yeah. got quite a big history. This diamond does. Just adding on to what you said, uh, it was stolen from the statue, right? And that was centuries ago. And that, as I said, since it was a goddess statue to me, seems like the beginning of the the fabled curse of the Hope Diamond. Uh, so they had to be cursed. Oh, Whoever yeah. first stole it had to be cursed. Actually, the first owners uh, was a French merchant, uh, John Baptiste Taven- Tavernier a 17th century French merchant. He was the first owner of the Hope Diamond after it was stolen. Recorded owner. Which is... uh, I don't see any accounts of anything bad happening to him. But the diamond was passed down in the royal family until the 18th century in the French Revolution. And it was turned over to the French government along with many other royal jewels. Its previous owners was King Louis and Queen Marie Antoinette. Uh, they were both beheaded. Yeah, look what happened to them. <laughs> look what happened to them. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, and then it goes through the Hope family, and then it goes to an American socialite, which is uh, Evelyn McLean that you were talking about, and then it's uh, where it's at now. So, yeah, so that's... And- crazy apparently actually. uh it had quite a history yeah there's uh, it says there's been even reports that uh people who have owned it have been ripped apart by dogs like come on what are the odds what are the fucking odds ripped apart by dogs mm. bankruptcy if there's anything on this list that i'm headed. thinking yeah so like if there's anything on this list that i'm thinking is cursed it's this it's this motherfucker it sounds like something like uh like um the what was the book the book from the first mummy movie that they shouldn't have opened the book of the dead was that it was that the book that mm-hmm. they opened yep yeah it's it's it's, it's it seems like that that kind of curse that yeah that kind of follows it that kind of curse god we don't need emo tip up in here <laughs> yeah no hell no man uh, things that ancient and that's something else too that we'll get to on the list because Come on, people. We didn't forget about mummies. They're coming. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm, things that mm-hmm. ancient from so, that yeah. time period, it's, uh, I believe, things like that that are still around. Yeah, there. if there's anything that's cursed, it's that. It's not going to be some little box that Zach Bagans found. <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about the little box that Zach Bagans found. But, okay, so that was the Hope Diamond. Uh, good thing that it is in a museum because... You know, it's obviously not doing anybody any favors that we're wearing it. Plus, what would you? I'd be afraid that the damn thing would get stolen if I wore it out. Um, but I don't want to touch it. It's got a long history of curses. This isn't just oh, if you make it mad, it's gonna come for you. This thing seems to have survived the centuries, and it seems very cursed. What is our next object? Um. So I, I mean, if you want to go with our next object, um, mm. 
Well, if I do, then I'm going to talk about the Chair of Death. Okay, okay. A.K.A. the Bisbee Chair. So, this is something that I had no idea about. I had no clue what the hell the Bisbee Chair was. Uh, sorry, not Bisbee. Busby Chair was. Um, but apparently, it is the chair of death it dates back to 1702 uh its original location is near sand hutton in north yorkshire the busby stoop chair belonged to the busby stoop inn which was a public house with a tavern and the tavern itself is also considered haunting uh haunted (laughs) the activity seems confined to a reputed chair of death that was kept in storage. Now, the history of the chair is the reason that people think that that's the reason that so many paranormal things are happening in, or happened in the uh, Busby Stoop Inn. The chair of death was the favorite chair of a striper named Thomas Busby, who was convicted in 1702 for the murder of his father-in-law. Uh, his father-in-law, Daniel Audie, who he supposedly strangled for sitting in his favorite chair after an argument about Thomas's wife, which would be Daniel's daughter. Um, on his way to the gallows in 1702, Thomas Busby asked to stop by the pub and put a curse on his chair. So he didn't ask to put a curse on the chair. He asked to stop by the pub, and they granted his last wish, and whenever he did, he supposedly put a curse on the chair, claiming that anyone who sat in it would be haunted and soon die after. It remained in the pub for centuries, and people were dared to sit in it. It became kind of like a pub gag. During World War II, airmen from the nearby base made the pub a hot spot, Uh, for them to relax and try to get the thought of war out of their mind. And the chair became a hot seat for people who noticed that the ones who sat in it would never come back from war. So these soldiers in World War II were just chilling in the pub, and they realized that their friends that were dying while they were out in battles, when they would come back, those friends had sit in the chair and... They didn't come back with them whenever the rest of them returned. Oh, okay. Uh, see, and that's mm-hmm. the fact that um, the person that dude cursed it. That that alone, that's like okay. Well, you know, to, to anybody that's listening, if you're like, I don't believe in curses, yada yada yada, it's like shit like this is why you should believe in curses because words are more powerful than you think, especially when there's ill intention behind them. Especially. Yeah, if he had strong intention, if he really did kill his um, father-in-law, he probably had rage going, you know what I mean? He was adamant about this chair, which makes me wonder, why was he so adamant about the chair? It couldn't have been just the chair. Maybe there was something to do with it. Maybe it goes back further than that. Maybe the chair had some alluring effect on him. Maybe it was the tree that the chair was made out of, the house that it was in. Yeah, what if it's kind of like, um, um, what's that movie? Very underrated movie about the mirror. Uh, Oculus, something like that. Like oh. how that 
Yeah. Ah, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Very, very possible. Well, the story doesn't end in World War II with all of those soldiers who said in it. In 1967, two Royal Air Force pilots said in it, and while driving back from the pub, they crashed into a tree and both died instantly. A few years later, two bricklayers were at the pub after work and decided that they were going to sit in it, laughing and having a pint, making fun of the fact that the chair is cursed. And that afternoon, the one man that actually sat in it that had the courage to fell off of the wall that they were working on to his death. The cursed chair has apparently killed every person who has sat in it, no matter what circumstance, according to records. Some instances include a roofer who sat in it and died after the roof that he was working on collapsed. A cleaning woman stumbled and fell, seating herself into it while mopping, and was later killed by a brain tumor that she did not know existed. Uh, eventually, the pub owner had moved it to the basement, hoping that nobody would ever sit in it again. However... One day, a delivery man was in the basement, and he sat in it just because it was a chair. An hour later, he crashed his delivery truck and died instantly. After that death, the landlord of the pub asked the local museum to take it to ensure that nobody would ever sit in it again. They hung the chair five feet from the ground in the museum to ensure that nobody could sit in it. Although people are now safe from sitting in the chair, news stories still come out about the chair's power. One local was told about a driver who had picked up an airman. The airman asked to go to the bathroom, so they stopped by the Busby Stoop Inn, and while waiting, the driver sat in the chair. When the airman didn't return, the driver left without him. The angered airman, who had to make his own way back to his base... Finally got back, and the airman grabbed a building brick and smashed the head of the driver who left him at the inn, killing him. God damn. So it hold on, the guy that before that that sat in the chair, um, I thought mm-hmm. it was hanging uh, hanging up at this point. Like, how did... No, this is, this is uh, before it got to the museum. Oh, this okay, is the okay. last few instances before it got to the museum. Um, gotcha. So the airmen and uh, those stories were right before it actually got put into the museum. Um, but it seemed that because the museum had made it nearly impossible for anybody to sit in it, that its killing days had to be over. But the museum is still open and functioning with the chair in place as of December 2014. And it is said that for some time prior to the death of all the other cases, so sometime prior before they hung it up in the museum, the person who sat in the chair experiences haunting experiences before dying, including extreme itching reported by spouses or family members of the deceased from these stories. So extreme itching, heightened paranoia, They hear things that aren't there, general confusion, and items that have been moved, and written warnings that they swear that they see on mirrors. So those are things that are supposedly 
testified by the surviving members of the people's family that have died from the chair said that those types of things were happening before they died. I guess it didn't happen to the people that were driving home and died instantly, right? But Because that would be a hell of a drive. You're hearing shit and yeah. in the van. You're just rolling along. In the rearview mirror and something's wrote on it. I'm like, oh, God. You're itching. You think you got crabs or something? Lice from the fucking pub? <laughs> you don't know. Well, see, it's it's like, funny though that you mentioned the mirror thing, like because where I'm, I brought up Oculus, and I mean anybody that knows like stories behind mirrors, like it's just so that's another weird thing about it, like because mirrors are more than just what you know, more than just a mirror. There's many cultures around the world that mm-hmm. wouldn't take pictures or, or take their picture or stare into a mirror because they felt like you it collected part of you. So what if that really is true? Like maybe. Maybe, uh, maybe the chair is just absorbing all the powerful emotions that have come through over the years. This specific story is not brought up often whenever talking about cursed objects, and because it is not considered a cursed object, it is officially considered an unsolved mystery, and that is where it is classified currently. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, there's there's no proof to it being cursed, minus the fact of old dude saying I curse whoever sits in this chair. So right, it's just really unfortunate events for people who I mean the stories that they told. I mean, I guess you can look up death records and things like that, which uh, people have dug into it, and you can find death records and the years lineup uh, for the chair and when these people supposedly said it and, and such. But you know. You're not going to see on the coronary report that it's going to say died because of the cursed chair, you know? So it's kind of yeah, hard to yeah. trace it back to that. People could have been drinking on their way home or it could have been a thousand things. So it's classified as an unsolved mystery. But if anybody ever has a chance to get near the chair of death in its current resting spot in the museum, do not try to sit in it. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't even try to touch it. Hell no. No. I, w- I wouldn't even get five feet from it. Like, I would see it from a distance and be like, there it is. So, <laughs> oh, look at that. That's neat. Look at that. Uh, what's over here? <laughs> yeah, because what if it's just that time of day, like, some wood dust comes off the chair or dust comes off the cushion, whatever kind of fucking chair, you know? And it just. So what's unfortunate is the cleaning lady. She's mopping and she falls. You know, like you trip and you go, oh shit, and you fall into yeah. the chair. She yeah, didn't mean to sit, to sit in it. Yeah, she wasn't making fun of it. She was just mopping. It's not even her fault. That's shitty too. But you know what? The thing that gets me about this chair yeah. and the Hope Diamond and what we're about to go into is, so the chair is classified as an unsolved mystery. How come... The Hope Diamond's mm-hmm. classified as cursed, and the chair isn't, you know, because it's both. It's similar things. I mean, you so. if you type in cursed objects, if you type in cursed objects, this uh, Busby chair is going to pop up up on a list. But if you're talking about officials, not just like paranormal fanatics like us, if you're talking yeah. about officials, like official people, they have declared it as just a puzzling, unsolved mystery. But it will be forever followed by 
the quote of Thomas Busby, which is an official quote according to records, which is, May sudden death come to anyone who dares sit in my chair. See, and that's, that's enough for me right there. Because, uh, I mean, that's definitely on our list as uh, one of the, I guess, what would you consider a higher-ranked cursed object? Um, hmm. So, with that being said... I mean, if, it, if it's done all of that, and if it's just from sitting in it, it's, it's definitely got to be at the top. You know what I mean? Because with other objects, like Robert the Doll, you have to... You can... You can get near Robert. Some people even hold him and don't get cursed, right? So as long as you're nice to Robert, you say hi to him and all this other stuff, they've got a bunch of rules. So as long as you're doing that, you're fine to get near Robert. Uh, but this chair doesn't give a shit. <laughs> it's anybody that sits Oh, no, yeah, it's, you're fucked. So, yeah, the, so, I mean, don't even... I wouldn't even look its fucking weight. Uh like I said, it just it's it blows my mind so much. I wonder now if Oculus was kind of based off this chair. It's something to look into because it just there's too much there. Mirrors in general, if you're if you're talking Oculus, it's just mirrors in general. I feel like it's just a big thing that's holding emotions because if you think about the worst times in your life and you're experiencing them at those moments and you're like in the bathroom and you put water on your face to try to gain your composure. The first thing you do is you look in the mirror and you're thinking all of the fucked up thoughts that are in your head and you're, you're pushing that energy into those mirrors. So I think mirrors in general uh, have to be one of the most cursed objects ever because they're just holding everybody's emotions that have looked into them in my personal opinion. No, I, I agree on that a hundred percent. And I think anybody that's listening, people who are listening, let us know in the comments below. Do you have any stories, freaky stories about mirrors? Can you back up mm -hmm. that? Like, but, yeah. Yeah, but specifically mirrors, not just cursed objects. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we could do a whole damn episode on that if we do a deep dive. Oh, yeah, for it. sure. I can see it now. Yeah. yeah. But, but moving on is, to the um, next one. Yeah, it's funny you brought up Robert the Doll. Because, come on, people, you know we had to touch up on this subject. It's probably one of the most famous... Um, hell, I would say one of the most famous... He's the most famous doll. History. It's the most famous... Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I mean, Robert's got his own movie series, and I don't mean the Annabelle series either. Yeah, Chucky. To anybody that didn't know that... Now you know. Yeah, Chucky is based off of Robert the Doll. Robert, um, if nobody knows uh, who Robert the Doll is, it dates back as early as the 1900s when a young boy named Eugene Robert Otto was given a one-of-a-kind handmade doll by a servant that worked for his parents in his home. And everybody called Eugene Jean, so moving forward, that's who I'm referencing, uh, he named the doll Robert and quickly became attached to his new friend. So, um, the home where he lived, which is now called the artist's home, is located at 534 Eaton Street and was built in, oh, come on, you're not going to give me the area? Just, what, was this in Florida, maybe? But it was built in uh, 1890 and 1898. And uh, pretty much ever since Eugene was given the doll, him and Robert 
We're friends to the end. Hadi yo. Ha ha ha. Yeah, where have you heard that one before? Oh god. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. So wait, you said you said that it was gave to Jean by the family servant, right? Yes. And a lot of people Okay, think... so my Go ahead. I was just gonna I was just gonna say my question is, and you're probably about to answer it with what you're about to say, is like in Chucky, is this voodoo that was cursed upon the doll? So that's what a lot of people think. Um, because the woman that gave it to him uh, was like, if I'm not mistaken, and that's what I'm trying to double check on, um, was like an islander. And people believe that she done voodoo on the doll in spite of the family for the way she was treated. But there's no proof behind that. Um, I mean, the first time that anything ever happened, uh, one night Gene was asleep and he woke up and Robert's sitting at the edge of his bed, staring at him. And all of a sudden, uh, moments later, he awoke again because he fell back asleep. Uh, he's screaming, helps sound like sounds of furniture is being tossed around, overturned in his bedroom. And, uh, Gene cried for help begging his mother to rescue him. They finally wrenched open the door that was locked and she saw Gene curled up in fear in his bed. And the only thing that he could say as soon as they opened up was Robert did it. Those were the only four words Gene could get out. And my God. yeah, that tagline probably followed Robert the rest of his life. Oh, well probably still to this day. Uh, it's, it's, very skeleton key esque. That's what I was thinking too, but it's also funny too, like shows you how much that this was related to child's play because what are the four lines that Andy says uh whenever like stuff well, Chucky happening? did it. Yeah, Chucky did it. it was yeah, Chucky, Chucky so. did it. It doesn't it follow does child's play. Skeleton child's key play vibe. follows it. Exactly. Exactly, like it's mm-hmm. that shows you how much this was um, an influence. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he kept he kept uh, Robert all his life. Uh, nobody knows for sure why or how this uh, child's play thing could actually wreak havoc on a child's bedroom. You know, after everything that happened. Um, but they were, you know, reported seeing, um, at one point they were reported seeing the doll speak and witnessing uh, his expression change. And this is just a cloth doll, people. So there's not oh, an wait, expression this, change. This is while Gene's, this is Gene's family saying this, right? Or uh, how far have you jumped into the future? Where are we at right now? Yeah, no, so, so my bad. Throughout his, throughout his um, childhood, uh, you know, there were, uh, inexplicable occurrences. Uh, His parents would often say that they hear their son talking to the doll and getting a a response back in a totally different voice. Uh, Like I said, seeing an expression change on the doll's face, giggling and sightings of Robert running up the stairs or um, staring out the upstairs window were also reported. Um, I mean, he continued to live, like Gene continued to live and keep Robert around throughout his lifetime And after Gene's parents died, he moved back into the home 
with his wife Anne, and Gene decided that the doll needed a room of his own and placed him in the upstairs room that had went a window overlooking the street. So that's creepy enough of its own. Like this dude, he's got some issues. I mean, he okay. It's cre- it's creepy that he gave it uh, if he that he gave it its own room. But let's be real. If he had the doll and it was doing this crazy shit, let's say the parents didn't believe him. Oh, he's having nightmares. But if the doll's really doing that, what is the stuff that Gene saw the doll do that he just was like? If I tell them, they're going to think I'm crazy, so I'm just going to keep it to myself. Do you think that this doll was talking to him and stuff? So whenever he became an adult, he's like, oh, of course, Robert's got to get a room. If not, he's going to fucking kill me. I would think that because it, it, it never goes into too much detail about, you know, hey, uh, this is what he said specifically. You know, nobody knows what it was, but I would definitely think that because... Uh, it even says, you know, that his wife felt uneasy and felt like the doll should get locked up uh, to where no harm mm-hmm. could be done. But uh, Gene, it said, uh, conceded. And as one could imagine, Robert the doll was not happy with his new digs. So it said, soon visitors came into the home, heard footsteps in the attic, you know, sounds of someone pacing back and forth and a devilish giggle. It's, that's specifically what it says, a devilish giggle. Um, neighborhood children reported seeing Robert mm-hmm. watching them from the window upstairs, uh, mocking them as they walked to school. So, mocking apparently, you, like Robert standing up going, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking his ass to the window. I don't understand. Well, that's that's I'm wondering too because it's uh, apparently became such of an issue that they, you know, I guess Gene was confronted. And when he heard this, he immediately went to investigate, knowing that he had locked Robert in the attic and there was no way he could be sitting at the window uh, of the upstairs bedroom. But to his complete shock, when he opened the door to the bedroom, Robert was sitting there in a rocking chair by the window and Gene locked Robert back up in the attic several times, each time discovering him again sitting by the window in the same upstairs bedroom. So, oh. just to recap, the claim from from Gene is that it was locked in the attic, and these kids were seeing it staring at them from the bedroom window. So this doll was unlocking the attic door and going down to the bedroom window so that it could watch people? Yeah, which, I mean, that's what it seems like, because I guess his wife you know, talk to him to the point to where she was like, we should lock the doll up. And this dude, you know, he had the doll all his life, all the way up until when he died in 1974. So it's seeming like the doll would unlock itself and go back down to look. And I guess nah, 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 mm. to kids out the window. <laughs> yeah. like, I just, I'm thinking like cloth doll ass against the window where he's like throwing them the bird or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, I mean, all, like maybe like, when everybody's gone, he runs down and gets like an eggplant out of the fridge and like acts like it's his dick and he goes, <laughs> "Stay away, yeah. stay away, kids." I, I just teasing, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, so I mean, wait, he, did Robert have anything? Did I guess? Sorry, sorry, I was just gonna ask if Robert had anything to do with Gene's death or his wife's death or anything like that. It doesn't say. Um, 
I mean, he stayed in the house on Eaton Street uh, until a new couple moved in, and their 10-year-old daughter was delighted when she found the doll in the attic. So that's something else. Oh, yeah, so apparently he was put back in the attic, according to this. Um, but she was no longer delighted when she claimed that Robert was alive and the doll wanted to hurt her. She awoke uh, often in the middle of the night, screaming in fear, told her parents that Robert moved about in the room. Um, so he was given away after that, and today he lives in the East Martello Fort where visitors all from around the world can come. But many believe that his evil lies uh, with originally who gave him the doll, which was the servant. Uh, this woman supposedly mistreated by her bosses, and she was mistreated by her bosses, and to punish them, uh, it is believed that she cursed the doll with voodoo and black magic. So. So, but wait, it got put in the museum. Is that the only thing that made Robert the doll cursed and scary? I thought that there were other stories that he had done stuff to people in between this time. Yeah. So, so since he's been in the museum, um, it says that he continues to taunt and scare who comes to view him, especially guests that pop up to the museum and attempt to take photos without asking him permission first. Um, many, uh, have reported that their cameras, uh, becoming, um, inoperable when they try to take a picture of them only to begin working again after they left the museum. Um, there's been people who have mocked him and they have strange occurrences happen to them later to the point to mm -hmm. where they write him a letter or they'll come back and apologize. So things can get back to normal. Um, He's in a special case at the museum and, of course, uh, encouraged to try to get uh, visitors who come, you know, try to get a photo. Though most who've um, tried have been unsuccessful. And if nothing else, get a close look at Robert and watch him carefully. Try to catch a glimpse of him smirking at you, uh, moving about in his case, things of that nature. But mm. I don't know. I don't know if I so even want to try to take a picture. To According to cases, he has been the cause of car accidents, broken bones, job loss, divorce, and a cornucopia of other misfortunes. Uh, they even... Visitors of the museum report that they have post-visit misfortunes for failing to respect Robert in the way that the museum instructs them to. Yeah, so I mean, if the place is telling uh, you, hey, this much shit has happened to where you need to follow rules when you approach this doll, like, something's up there. It, I think it's more than just a cash grab. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because the only story is, I mean, I don't. It doesn't make sense. It sounds exactly. I mean, like the while he's while he was not in the museum. Okay, fine, I believe that. But uh, the stuff in the museum just sounds kind of like the stuff about the Annabelle doll. People claim, you know, like the Warren said that the priest left and wrecked automatically, or this other dude made fun of it and wrecked his motorcycle into a tree. Whenever he left, 
and uh, I don't know. It seems a little, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. I'm just being skeptical. The doll has made it, its way around the world, though, especially recently. Um, some quick pop culture references for Robert the Doll was in 2008, the doll was exhibited. He was placed in an exhibit at TAPSCON. Now, TAPSCON is the Atlantic Paranormal Society, our boys, the Ghost Hunter. So whenever they used to have TAPSCON... Um, it, they in 2008 they had the honor of hosting Robert the Doll in a case for visitors at the con to come and view, which was held in Clearwater, Florida, and it was the first time in its 104 years of existence since it was put up into the museum that it had been out was for the Taps Con. In October 2015, the doll was taken to Las Vegas for a Travel Channel television program in the Zach Bagans Haunted Museum episode where bitch. they brought the doll yeah, to sit in there. And it was uh, an episode called Deadly Positions. <laughs> uh, and it was also on the Ghost Adventure series called Artifacts. Uh so Zach Bagans has made money off of Robert twice. Why hasn't Robert done something to Zach's old ass? Um, you think he's told him he's got cool tats? Probably. <laughs> that was something. <laughs> cool tats. <Yeah. laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, we, we know about the Chucky thing. As you uh, stated, it was loosely based on the legend that began with Robert. Um there was a film called Robert released in 2015, which was also loosely based on it. And to date, there have been four sequels that have followed called The Curse of Robert the Doll in 2016. In 2017, the movie The Toy Maker. And in 2018, The Revenge of Robert the Doll. Uh, oh, in 2019, Robert Reborn. Um... So not just Chucky. Chucky was an inspiration, but they actually did movies on Robert the Doll, uh, which Robert was probably... The self-titled movie Robert was probably the only one that I even remember. The rest of them must have just been straight to DVD or streaming or something like that. Um, yeah, because I, I don't, I don't the remember doll, those at all. Right, exactly. Yeah, I don't either. Um, the Doll and Replica Doll that are sold at the gift shop at the museum... Uh, appear in the second season of Ozzy and Jack's World Detour where they go to haunted locations. It's just Ozzy and Jack going and looking at stuff that are supposed to be haunted. Um, what's funny about this mentioning of Robert the Doll, though, is I was watching uh, Osborne's Want to Believe, and they talk about the uh, Robert the Doll because Jack's got one of the the small dolls, the ones that you can get in the gift shop, and he brings it out, and Ozzy says to take the thing away. He said the thing's cursed, and Jack's <laughs> laughing about it. He said, do you really believe in it? And Ozzy said, look at me. He said, ever since we went and saw that goddamn doll, everything's gotten worse. Talking about his health and stuff like that. See, and that's what, because you brought up Annabelle, too, and that's something that gets me, too. It's These dolls can no longer be physically held or physically dealt with or live under a roof to do anything anymore so if it truly is haunted then who's to say you know maybe they're 
what if they are using everything, every bit of energy that they have to make sure something happens to the people that can at least get access to mm-hmm. it now? Right. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe. I just, I, I think that seeing it or taking a picture, I don't think that that's enough, but maybe I'm wrong. I can tell you one thing. I'm not going to take a picture of it because if it is real, I don't want to find out. Say what you want, audience. Say what you want, but I'm not going to do it. So we are winding down on time, but there is something that I wanted to stuff in here at the end before we end the episode. Uh, It is a haunted object that most people know about, and most people probably were questioning why we haven't talked about it. We also had more stuff to talk about, but we just ran short on time because we got so in detail about these stories. But real quick, I wanted to talk to you, sir, and the audience about the Dybbuk box. So this Dybbuk box that uh, Zach Bagans uh, owns is now in ownership of. Uh, That's what I wanted to speak on. So, the story goes that the Dybbuk box, um, back in 2001, Kevin Manis was out visiting yard sales looking for supplies for his furniture restoration business. Uh, He had a little hole-in-the-wall shop that was uh, based in Portland, Oregon. But he purchased an old wine cabinet from the granddaughter of a recently deceased Holocaust survivor. Uh, who had escaped Nazi-occupied Poland. And the woman who owned its parents, brothers, sisters, husband, two sons, and daughter, were all killed during this time. She, with other survivors, fled to Spain and lived there until the end of the World War. Now, when this lady, which, by the way, the lady, the original owner of the so-called Dybbuk box, lived to be 103, when she uh, immigrated to the U.S., the wine cabinet, the divot box, was one of only three items that she had that she could bring with her. Now, fast forward, 2001, Manis buys this cabinet, or divot box, at a yard sale. And the granddaughter that sold it to him at the yard sale, the granddaughter of the Holocaust victim that brought it over to the U.S., said, I see you bought the divot box. And Manis was not familiar with the term. The granddaughter told him that her grandmother always kept it shut and out of reach because there was a dybbuk. In Jewish folklore, a dybbuk is an evil, restless spirit that possesses something living so that it can attach itself and survive. Um, The seller purportedly told Manis it was never to be opened if he's buying it, and if it was, bad things would happen. And he did not heed her warning. Uh, Manus, who is who was in his mid-30s at the time, took the box back to his shop with plans to restore it and give it to his mother as a birthday gift. After opening the cabinet, he found a series of strange objects inside. Two U.S. wheat pennies dating back to 1925 and 1928. Two locks of hair, a dried rosebud, a four-legged candlestick, a golden wine cup, and a granite sculpture inscribed with the Hebrew word Shalom. Uh, The Shema, a prayer considered to be one of the most important in Judaism, was carved into the back of the Dybbuk box. Now, Manus gave this box to his mother Ida on Halloween, 
And in 2012 interview on the TV series Paranormal Witness, Ida, Manis' mother, describes feeling a cold breeze from the box whenever she opens its doors. And when that happens, she experiences pure evil coming out, is what she describes it as. She says that whenever she first opened it, she immediately had a stroke. And over the course of two years, a number of other mysterious events befell Manus and those around him who would open the box. His sister got creeped out by the cabinet because the doors kept opening on their own without provoking it. His brother and his sister-in-law complained of odd smells coming from the box like cat urine or the smell of jasmine. Uh, Manus and his siblings suffered from the same reoccurring nightmares of an old woman with sunken in eyes coming out of the Dybbuk box. And most disturbingly, he says, the brother of a store employee died by suicide shortly after visiting the shop and knocking on the cabinet, mocking it. A couple of years later, the worker himself also took his own life. So two people that have messed with the box committed suicide. And Manus, at one point, tried to give the box to his then-girlfriend, but after keeping it for a time, she forced him to take it back. Then he began seeing what was later described as shadow beings around his house. See, the objects so, that were found in this box alone, that's, to anybody that studies the craft, it's got that shit written all over it. So I would have got rid of the motherfucker right then and there. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to try to speed this up. Sorry, the time here, it's getting to us. So, years go by, uh, the Divic Box has quite a past, but I'm trying to get to the point of why I even wanted to bring it up. Uh, over the past five years, Divic Fever has hit an all-time high thanks to one man, a famed ghost hunter named Zach Bagans, the host of the Travel Channel Ghost <laughs> Adventure Show. In 2016, Haxton, which is was the current owner of the box, sold the box to Zach Bagans for a sum that neither party is willing to reveal. So Bagans paid good fucking money oh, yeah. to have this box. Okay, so that year, Bagans featured both Manus, the, the previous owner, and Haxton, the owner that sold it to him, on an episode of Ghost Adventures Deadly Possessions, also known as Artifacts, which is him inside of his little museum, in which he brings the box into his museum in Vegas. And today, it's one of the museum's most touted highlights, uh, labeled as the world's most haunted object in the museum. Now, last year, the now 44-year-old Zach Bagans opened the box on an episode of Ghost Adventures Quarantine, and he supposedly heard it say Kevin, referencing Kevin Manis, the man who owned it before. And he also says that he heard the words evil, and then he heard a child's voice leave the box. Uh, the show captured on camera what ba Bagans and his crew claimed that a figure manifested inside of the box. Um which is the highlight of the episode. However, at least from the media standpoint, uh, it was security camera footage of Bagans and his friends and the musician Post Malone touching the Dybbuk box. And this is also where Post Malone says that he was cursed uh, by the box. Okay, so even though he didn't even technically touch it, he was cursed. But 
Over the years, there have been plenty of skeptics about this Dybbuk box, and various reports, including a 2004 Los Angeles Times story and a 2012 Riverfront Times story, both have cast doubt onto the legend of the Dybbuk box. In 2019, a column called the Skeptical Inquirer magazine wrote that they dismissed the haunted wine cabinet as a hoax, and as proof, he posts a screenshot of a post from the original owner, Manus, Kevin Manus, dated October 24th, 2015, so right before uh, all of this Zach Bagans owning it. So Manus states, I am the original creator of the story of the Dybbuk box, which appeared on one of my eBay posts back in 2003. The idea that the Dybbuk box uh, have some kind of history prior to my story I came up with, and the idea that the Dybbuk box could contain anything other than a Dybbuk, along with the divination to the type of contents that I created to be found inside the Dybbuk box, is laughable at best. It's a big joke. He created the entire thing, including the story and the objects that were in there. How about this? If you or anyone else can find any reference to a Dybbuk box anywhere else in history prior to my eBay post in 2003, he said, I'll pay you the $100,000 that Zach Bagans gave me for it and a tattoo your name on my forehead. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, I hope I crushed your dreams of the Dybbuk box tonight. That was the last story of it. Uh, anything else before I take us out, Jeremy? Um, well, I mean, if you liked tonight's episode, you can always go look up The Unlucky Mummy, uh, which, since we referenced Titanic, there was a, one of the people who found the mummy in the 1920s was later one of the dead, uh, dead people on the Titanic. So there's you another one. That's all I've got, though. Okay. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, tune in next week if you've made it this far. Uh, our next episode is going to be the worst candy to give out on Halloween and the best fall beers to enjoy while you're handing out the worst candy on Halloween. So tune in for that. We're going to do some ranking. We're going to test out some stuff and tell you what not to give the kitties. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Everywhere that you can, YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, tell your friends about us. Check out our merch. The links are in all of our social media bios. I am Justin. That was Jeremy. It's the Halloween 365 podcast. Stay spooky, people.